you know, natural disasters seem to be happening more frequently, and we've got hurricane season right around the corner. There was a terrible one, this tornado that hit uh, just 50 miles north of my old hometown in Periton, Texas, just virtually wiped it out. Fortunately, there are good outfits that come along and help out those people. Team Rubicon is certainly one of them. It's been around 13 years, and they don't serve coffee and donuts. They, in fact, their slogan is, we get s done or get s done i guess is art de la cruz is the ceo it has been for the last couple of years of team team rubicon enjoying us right now it's good to have you with us thank you for having me so so the get s done i mean that really goes to the heart i mean you're you're mostly military and ex-military people right yeah we're actually a, a veteran-led humanitarian organization so we have you know military veterans first responders and civilians you know who join us and we deploy into disaster areas um, to help people on their worst day this is really and the, and the breadth of this organization is really impressive frankly i'd never heard of team rubicon i guess there, there i mean there are a lot of organizations out there that that do good but ford has been a big supporter of this for the last i don't know six seven eight ten years but I, I just noticed the other day they're giving you some some new trucks, some these big F-150s, but also some of the F-150 electric trucks and lightning trucks. Ford's been behind you for a long time, right? Yeah, Ford has been an absolutely incredible partner. And we're really excited about, you know, the, the enhancement of the partnership that we've had with these 17 trucks that they're giving us because they give us really unique opportunities um, in the um, trucks that they're giving. They have something called Pro Power on board, which essentially is a generator uh, in a battery system that allows us when we deploy our teams into the field. And you can imagine a disaster zone is essentially taken off the grid. Sure. Now these trucks allow us to be back on the grid because they have the ability to generate power, which can be, you know, lighting, charging tools, refrigerating the food that we're going to eat. So it really changes the game for us. In addition to these trucks being able to, you know, haul the materials we have, such as heavy, heavy equipment, chainsaws, all of that um, really enables our mission. I noticed you have you have operations spread across the country, which I guess is logical so you can de deploy quickly. But you have an operations center here in North Texas in Grand Prairie. We do. Um, so the operations center, think of that as the, the heartbeat of, of our operations across the country. Since we were founded, we've conducted over 1,200 operations. This year has been particularly busy with a north of 70 operations already. So we're continually planning, deploying assets, um, you know, coordinating people and their, their mobilization to get them to the disaster sites and that Grand Prairie site kind of quarterbacks a lot of those um, necessities. How do you decide where to go? Are you are you invited or do you take the initiative? You know, we I like to say we're the, the biggest organization nobody knows about in the general sense of the public. But when it comes to relationships with emergency managers and communities, you know, we're pretty well known. So we've gotten to this point now where we're oftentimes invited because we have, you know, local members, volunteers amongst our 170,000 volunteers that are part of the community, uh, and they serve as the initial um, recon. They can take a look at what's going on. They can coordinate the resources. So now as this national footprint grows, we're actually acting more locally in our ability to respond, uh, and that's where we're at now. So typically, they'll call us up and they'll say, you know, we need your help, and, and we're off and running. You know, and the kind of help is intriguing. I, I saw an interview 
with somebody, and going back to Periton this one last week, this horrible uh, tornado went through there. The interview, the guy was saying, you know, we don't need water. We don't need food. We don't need clothing. We've got plenty of that. What we need are people. We need to go through and go through the stuff that we've got and clear debris and get back on our feet. That's the challenge right now. And it seems like there are just not a lot of organizations that, that, do, that are organized enough to do that. Yeah, I think that's one of the things um, that our military background allows us to bring. You know, we have a, a saying, do what we do best and partner for the rest. Um, so we know that we can bring core operations, as you mentioned, debris removal, um, tarping of roofs, um, you know, chainsaw work, those types of skills. You know, it's part of the puzzle that communities need when disasters strike there. For survivors of these terrible storms, there are a hundred things they need, and we might deliver five of them. So we want to be the best we can at each of those, and we want to deliver them with speed, uh, efficacy, and ultimately results that that help these communities as they're there. Again, you know, being being able to say no is probably one of our discriminators because it doesn't dilute what your volunteers can bring and are trained to do. Makes a lot of sense. So you've your military career was over 20 years, but you've been with this organization for, what, six or seven? You've been CEO for the last two years. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there are more natural disasters. I, it seems to me like there are more wildfires and tornadoes and, and hurricanes that seem to be chading through the Atlantic. I Is it just they're getting more play or there are actually more there's more work for you to do? You know, there was a interesting study released at the end of 2022 by NOAA. And in 1980, the mean time between billion dollar disasters. So the recovery takes, you know, it's a billion dollars in cost to recover. In 1980, the mean time between these disasters was 82 days. By the end of 2022, the time between billion-dollar disasters had reduced to 18 days. My so, goodness. So it's not my imagination at all. Yeah. And, and what's really happening is there's a couple of things in play. The number of disasters is increasing. The density of people, you know, so they're moving towards yeah. these areas that are prone to these types of hazards is increasing. And when those two collide in addition to the cost of recovery, um, that's how you get to these billion dollar disasters. So we know we have to be able to respond. Uh, and that's what we, you know, things like this partnership with Ford allow us to do. We can operate at a greater scale in more places. And what's really interesting is this year, we've already had $9 billion disasters, but Team Rubicon's already responded 70 times, over 70 times. So these smaller disasters that never make the news, you know, people don't understand that their places, you know, in places like Selma, Alabama, or, you know, like you just talked about in Texas that are impacted by these tornadoes. That's where we have to be able to respond because, again, they don't get natural. They don't get the attention because they are low attention disasters. So if you were a, a public corporation on this program, I would talk to the CEO about growth. Is you know, do you have organic growth? You do roll ups, you do you know, mergers and acquisitions. So what is the what's the growth plan for Team Rubicon? I guess the ideal thing would be to put yourselves out of business, but that seems unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, I think you know to talk you know business. You know from where I came from, uh, the marketplace has higher demands and more need for our services, um, which is unfortunate. Um, and I like to say I don't run a nonprofit. 
I run a four impact organization and instead of dividends or shareholder values, we have to run the organization in a manner where ultimately our contribution and the impact we have, our value delivered is serving more people. It's at its simplest metric. So for us, you know, we hope to continue on this aggressive growth path. You know, we're in a continual series A, get the money in, grow the market, be able to, to scale our impact through volunteers the tools that we're able to equip them with, the training that we're able to give and the locations they can deploy to. So we're expanding the market on a continual basis with our North Star being ultimately a really, really simple metric of help more people. And we're doing it through, you know, disaster response before, during and after. We're doing it through rebuilding homes, you know, that in areas that are impacted by disasters. And finally, we're also you know, expanding our reach uh, into the global community through delivery of international services, primarily medical services and water sanitation and hygiene services. So do you have a downtime? Is there a is there a relatively quiet period for natural disasters? Yeah, we refer to, you know, two different scenarios. There's blue skies, which is when, you know, there are no disasters and there are gray skies, which is when you're actually responding to the disasters. And I like to think of it a little bit like a sports analogy where, you know, we're building the winning team, you know, through those blue sky periods to make sure they are ready to respond when disaster strikes. Unfortunately, in 2023, we seem to be in a continual gray sky response. We had our first operation on January 3rd uh, after the atmospheric rivers in California, and it's been nonstop since then. It was followed shortly by the tornadoes in Selma, Alabama. Um, So it just never stops um, seemingly right now. So we continually train, we continually grow our volunteer base, and we continually deploy um, as we move forward. Well, some of these new resources from Ford are going to be Interesting, interesting to watch. One of the things I really, maybe we'll check back with you. I'm really intrigued about how you use these electric pickup trucks, these F-150s. They're in tremendous demand, but everybody's got range anxiety. They say, oh my gosh, you know, what if I get this thing and I'm on the road and I can't find any place to charge it? Well, what if there's a natural disaster and there are no charging stations and you've got a bunch of F-150s? I'll be intrigued to see how you handle that. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very interesting combination of trucks we have. So what's unique about Ford is they've got essentially the hybrid truck. And you can think about that as an F-150 that happens to have power storage and also has a generator on it. Right. So again, you can put our teams back on the grid because they're self-sustaining from a power So standpoint. you can generate your, your own energy, I guess. Yeah, you could be charging, you know, uh, power tools in the back of the truck that are going to be used to, you know, maybe help with demolition. Um, You can, you know, put emergency lights up um, when you're you're doing chainsaw work in the middle of the night to enhance the safety, you know, of the crews that are working. You can do something as simple as a, a refrigerator. One of the scarcest resources in the disaster, and we saw this after Hurricane Ian, is ice. So the ability to you know take a to take some type of refrigerator that's you know common for camping and powered uh, and be able to keep the food you know cold not only helps sustain our teams but it reduces competition in the disaster zones for the people we're serving um, and then the combinations of trucks will allow us to you know you can imagine early on those we might have F one fifties and then we'd roll in the Lightnings behind it we could use the Broncos. 
to get to areas that might otherwise uh, be inaccessible. So the the flexibility and combination of vehicles and the phasing that we'll experience, I think, will write a really, really neat story. Art Dela Cruz is the CEO of Team Rubicon, and I think you've got job security. Unfortunately, I think they're going to they're going to need your services for a long time to come. We wish you well. Thank you very much for the time. Well, thank you for having uh, me, and uh, thanks from all of our volunteers at Team Rubicon. Thanks a lot. For more of a conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.